Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon, I'm the host of the Going in Circles podcast network. My co-host, the sniper, Mr. Barry Spears, fresh off of his Saturday guest analyst spot at Tampa Bay Downs, will be with us right after the first break. Barry will give us the lowdown on how things went on Saturday, give out a couple nice-priced winners. I know that for sure, because we bet them. Uh, get his feelings on that day's events. The Sun Coast is probably the more impactful of the two. The Sam Davis was a bit soft this year. Um, the Withers was also run Saturday, and Hit Show cleaned up uh, on the New York contingent. We'll uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the well. We won't talk much about the El Camino Real because, well, to be frank. It wasn't very interesting. Uh, but we will talk about some of the Derby Trail news. A couple of really good three-year-old races that didn't involve a stake this weekend. One at Tampa, one at uh, Gulfstream Park. We'll talk about that and just a whole bunch of other stuff. All right, we'll be back here in just a minute. Hey, it's the Sniper. Hey, hey, back from it's, Tampa. Yeah, big weekend at uh, at the Tamp. Yeah, it was pretty good. Had a they good had time. a they had a a derby prep, and then uh, the next day they had a race that might actually <laughs> affect uh, a horse that makes the derby. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, how was wasn't weekend, expecting that, that one? How, how was the weekend, sir? Oh, it was excellent. You know, my parents came to town. Uh, son's home from the Navy. Everybody was there. The weather cooperated most of the day. Um, and it was funny because, you know, the two big races that nobody really wanted the rain for got the rain. It literally, <laughs> it, it, it seriously only rained for those two races, for the Sun Coast and the Sam Davis, and then it stopped. Well, you know, maybe Mother Nature decided to switch things up. But it wasn't like, you know, it didn't wash out, like, the the track or anything. So that was, I guess it was good that it really didn't last long. And it wasn't, like, a a crazy downpour. It did for, like, a half a second. Um, In fact, the rain was, was probably worse for the Sun Coast than it was for the Sam Davis. Right. Um. But yeah, but all in all, it was a good day. Picked a couple winners, you know. You yeah, know how we do we know? You know how we do. You know it. You know it. We. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the the races stayed on the turf, which was good. And they stayed on the race uh, turf, except for one race on Sunday. So uh, that's always a, a positive that oh, yeah. um, Tampa has some of the best turf racing around, and they always get big full fields. Um, and it's 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 relatively formful, but it's not uh, a chalk or hasn't been a chalk fest. So that's always a nice thing to uh, to deal with. Yeah, I mean, um, I know uh, some of the jockeys were saying that uh, the inside wasn't the best place to be. Um, just usually in general, it really isn't. Um, it gets a little deep down there, but. 
uh, yesterday I, I saw a few horses come up the rail. I think in the yeah. first race, one one really came up the rail and one was so you never know. I don't know what they did to the track overnight, but you know it changes. <laughs> yeah, now the turf they they really can't do much with. No, no. But um, but it, was, it looked like a good day. Business looked good. It was a big crowd. Yes, yes, very nice crowd. Um, it's always fun. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, there, there was there was quite a few people there. I, I mean, I, I from the handle numbers that I heard, they were pretty good. Um, track owner was happy. <laughs> she was there. Oh, this there was there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, Margot is is just amazing. I, I just don't understand how she keeps track of everything like that. It's really a spectacle. You need a camera to follow her around. Seriously. Yeah, you know it's well. <clears throat> she's uh, she's got quite a bit of experience in doing. She it. does. She's been doing it for a long time, and they they put on a really good show. And uh, it was it was kind of a you know a, a good card. Um, I I only cashed. Well, actually, I, I forget. I, I did cash the last race, but. Uh, uh, I did well on the minaret, which um, which you also came up with. <laughs> yes. Uh, Didn't you pick a? Do you pick I, that horse I, too? I, I, I sort of did, and I bet the horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, that was the one I, I said. You know, they they're bringing back Carmel Swirl, and I think this is something that's important if you're playing races or, or even if you're just analyzing races. When they bring a ba- a horse like that, who's obviously at the top of her division when she runs uh and and when I, by the not not the florida philly sprinters the national philly sprinters her last race she was second to the, the philly goodnight olive who, who won the eclipse award uh, won the breeders cup sprint for phillies and, and the eclipse award and she was a good second to her it wasn't like uh yeah she was right there she was right she could be right 12 blanks or something but she doesn't run very much she only ran twice last year and coming back in in a fifty thousand dollar undercard stake at Tampa Bay, not early a good in sign. February is a strange <laughs> sign, and, and um, actually, I I did a write up for the whole all the stakes races. Well, I, I didn't do it for the sprint because I just I was I mean I'll be honest I was tired. But <gasps> what? Yeah, I was a little a little tired. But, um <laughs> And it looked a little chalky, as it turns out. So I was like, Ugh, I don't need to write all these. Can't win, can't win, can't win. Speed, juice, can't win, can't win, can't You know, I mean, so. Like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was a strange spot. And, and one of the things that I wish I had written in it that I I'd remembered after I'd already uh, sent it out was that this might be a test run to see if she should continue on in training or she should be go home and be bred. Uh, and, and I have no inside information on, on that. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody. so. But it just would be a strange spot to show up in a $50,000 race at that time of the year. Um, <laughs> and there's no like corresponding race that makes a whole lot of sense for her coming up. Uh, I think the first you know, grade one race for Phillies sprinting is in Keeneland in April. 
which is a couple months away. Um, so it was just kind of an outlier to see a horse like that in a race like that. And, you know, her figures just towered over everyone's. But there just was something about her that she said, <laughs> you know, like, why is she here? What is the point of being here? And, and we've seen horses at Tampa, especially, that kind of look like they don't really fit in and they go out there at a, at a short price and get beaten. And she was just the latest example. And um, Terry Pompey's filly drew the rail. Uh, you know, I, the one thing I was concerned about her, with her was <clears throat> it looked like the horse outside of her had a lot of speed as well. But Danny Centeno sent her out of there. He got her in position while he got her on the lead. And um, she she's an improving horse who's who's done nothing but uh, um, but get better. Her, her basically every start of her career she's gotten a little mm-hmm. bit better. And, yeah, improving figures every time. And you know that that's I like the fact that she struck while the iron was hot. I mean the horse raced twenty days prior at Gulfstream winning allowance race, and uh, now she's a stakes winner. Um, but she certainly looks like the type of filly that uh, if she holds it together. Um, will be a, a factor maybe in, in some of the greatest stakes uh, later this spring and, and early this summer. Yeah, definitely has a a nice little uh, victory there. Uh, I thought uh, Danny Centeno, you know, gave that horse an excellent ride. I mean, it, you could like from a, a ride perspective, and I don't really get into that too much. I don't think he could have rode that horse any better or any other horse for that matter. Um, because he, he did something on the turn where he kind of floated out a little bit that really yeah. put some separation between him and everybody else. And, and I mean, just being aggressive from the jump, you know, not having that fear of, of caramel swirl, you know, um, I don't, it, it really didn't seem like anybody was afraid of that horse, to be honest. Um, I know during, you know, when I was talking about it, I had mentioned that, you know, a horse is a five-year-old and only had five races. Yeah. And coming back in that spot just didn't make any sense to me. And I, I, I mean, and it, and it worked out this time, you know, she finished off the board. She finished fourth or fifth, right? Something like yeah, that. she was fourth. <laughs> and, and, you know, at the, at the top of the turn, it looked like she was going to make a run. And then she kind of just flattened out. Just stopped, yeah, a little bit. bit stretch. So, I mean, I'm not thinking that the Mott had her completely cranked. And like you said, she's a filly that has had uh, obviously some physical issues because she doesn't run hardly at all. And that wasn't the spot that you think you would have her 100% cranked for anyways. But I, I'm not 100% sure, um, you know, where, where she's going forward. But that was nice. And, and you know, Danny Centeno, like you said, he did do a good job in, and a lot of times the local guys who are good riders and since they know good he riders, knows he definitely knows <laughs> he they they know the track and and you know the guys that that realized that the inside was good um capitalized on that uh matter of fact if you go to the uh the the uh, not the, Tampa, or the the Sam Davis itself uh Danny Centeno did an excellent job of staying on the rail with Groveland mm-hmm. who was uh, a long shot um, that he just stayed on the inside and, you know, rode the rail because the rail, the inside was really good. Uh, I don't know that there was some intense inside bias, but the rail was good. There was no doubt the rail was good. And, and him, him staying on the inside 
um, got him second in that race. And there's no doubt if he had lost ground on, on either of the turns, he would not have been second. Uh, he, he actually followed Prairie Hawk, who was also ridden by a local rider, Sammy Camacho, who was right in front of him for the most. most yeah, that horse just didn't have it. He, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that horse was a little bit overmatched. No. Well, uh, you know my feelings on that train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was actually kind of surprised. I think he thought that horse was going to run run good. And Sometimes people in this business get uh, insulted when you point out facts. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the strangest things. Like if you tell someone that their horse ran a slow speed figure, they get insulted. Well, I'm not the one who ran, you know, if, if it it is what it is, it's the time the horse ran. It just, it's slow, you know, and that particular trainer has very little success in stakes that matter. That aren't at Gulfstream mm-hmm. in the summertime. I mean, the stats bear at, that out. He's at about nine percent, yep. and normally he's at about twenty-six percent. So he's not a twenty-six percent trainer in those races. In those races, he is a nine percent trainer, and people look, you know, kind of look down their nose at those horses. And I've just been throwing all those horses out in those type of races. Now there might be an occasion at Gulfstream in a Grade Three where there's six horses and he's got two of them. Well, he might win it. That's not the case, but. These are the types that until a particular horse guy's horses start to show in those races, I I just fade them because once in a while they're going to beat you. But for the most part, they're getting over bet and they're they're just not, you know, not worth it. If you look at that race in particular, Prairie Hawk and Groveland are the same horse. They run the same figures. They race against each other. They're they're. They're basically um, a half a length apart, probably. Well, one went off eight to one, and the other one off twenty-one to one. Uh-huh. And that's the name of the game if you're wagering, because when you bet eight to one shots uh, instead of twenty-one to one shots, uh, and they have the same uh, capabilities, they, there's no real, you know, big, uh, big difference. You're just taking the worst of it all the time. But, um, you know, litigate the winner of that race, raced well. Uh, Saez was aggressive from an outside post. Um, the 12 horse. Uh, oh, Zydeco. Zydeco cleared <laughs> from the outside, which. That shocked me, too. Right? Yeah, that that was. I knew they were going to try, but I didn't think they were going to get be successful. Yeah, I didn't think they'd be <laughs> succeeding. But, but, um, but litigate ran well. Um he just seemed like he, uh, this is not a word I used to like, they used too much, but he just seemed like he outclassed them a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah, that's the, that's what I got too out of that. And if you're thinking of the Derby trail, just forget all those other horses because uh, you could probably forget about litigate too. Um, until he really shows a whole lot more, uh, you know, winning that race was nice. It's it's a feather in his cap. It's a nice check, but he didn't run fast, and it's getting to be the time of year when you're going to have to start to run fast. I mean, how far out out we are from the Derby now? We're, we're what uh, ninety days? Ninety days? Eighty right? days now, right? And you know, there, there's if you count the prep races, take out the Lexington. 
there's what? There's there's 60 days. Right. So you got two months to get faster. And he's got to get a lot faster. Um, I mean, what was your take on, on the race other than, you know, what we talked about? Um, no, I, I think you nailed it. I, I, I just think litigate or litigate end up being just better um, than everybody else. Uh, you know, Groveland kind of, I think, overachieved. Even though I did like that horse, um, I I mean I'm sure they're gonna try the Tampa Derby. I would think. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it because um, it's you know it's not like uh, a citation and and uh, Count Fleet are sitting out there waiting for <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, believe me, we got some other races to talk about. We're not gonna be real impressed with them either. So go on. I mean, uh, yeah, I I think Groven overachieved. Um, but I, I just can't see a horse, either of those horses, like winning the Derby. Not at this, not not what I saw on Saturday. No, the time came back slow off a really fast pace, too. Um, you know, the the more impactful race on a national scale was probably the race prior to that, the Seacoast, where uh, Wonder Wheel versus Julia Shining was supposed to be the, the headline matchup, but... Uh, Dreaming of Snow pulled off the upset with the aforementioned Sammy Camacho. Local. local. The local that went to the lead and got to the rail and stole the first quarter um, and ran pretty damn good after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, got brave. Uh, you know, I was, I was, I, I think we, when we text right after the race, I was just wondering why. Uh, the jock on Wonder Wheel got off the rail. Yeah, that was I texted you right after. And I yeah, said, I was like, well, "What the hell? What is he doing?" Yeah, yeah, you know, it was a funny. He had a good uh, spot too, and I was like, "Why are you going outside?" It's funny because if you if you've watched Julia Shining run her first two races, you have to know that she hates kickback mm-hmm. and she's got to be <laughs> driven the entire race. So she's going to be wide. You don't need to go to float her wide. She's going to be wide anyways. So if you're racing against her, you're better off staying as close to the rail as you can, especially when the rail is good, because Julia is going to be four or five wide because she hates kickback. And there's no other way to avoid it other than being wide. And and both of her races, um, the the first race or her maiden race at Keeneland, uh, where she dropped off the screen because she was inside getting kicked back and size angular to the middle of the track. And um, I mean, this race, uh, the race in New York, the, the Demoiselle was, was similar. And, and this race was more of the same. And uh, she actually sat a little bit closer than she had her first two races. So I guess that that's probably a sign of, of her, her maturation a little bit, but she is always going to be at a huge disadvantage because until she learns, or she may not ever learn, she may just not accept taking kickback in her face. She's going to have to be wide every race, and she's a two-turn horse. So that's just a really difficult task um, to have to manage as a rider. And think about a race like um, the Kentucky Oaks looking forward. Uh, or even the Ashland, because I'm assuming that Todd's going to take the nest 
um, road because that's that, that's so far that's kind of what he that's what he's so. yeah I mean she started in the Sun Coast last year right um, say she draws the rail and it's like a thirteen horse field I mean that's a real difficult thing to have to deal with because <laughs> she might do what she did first time at Keeneland uh, because the race in New York the Demoiselle wasn't a, a the field kind of got spread out. So she didn't get hung too, too, you know, out, out too wide. She kind of, Lasayas angled her to the outside on the backside, um, and she was definitely wide in the second turn. But you know, he had the luxury of, of of drawing wide and then having you know being able to just kind of stay out there. But you you know, going forward, if she's in a bulky field and she draws close to the inside, it, it's going to be a problem, man. I mean, I oh, think she's a really talented time. horse, and I love the owner, but I will bet against her every single start of her career, <laughs> <laughs> unless she's in like a five-horse race, you know, where she can be three wide and it's not a big deal. Um, you know, what Wonder Wheel, we kind of knew going in that she wasn't going to be 100% cranked for this race, Cassie more or less said it and, and of course it makes a lot of sense being that she hasn't run since um the first week in november you know in the breeders cup, breeders cup. sun coast obviously isn't the the ultimate goal but it still would have been nice had he uh, you know stayed inside he, he would have won he, he would have won yeah he, he almost was... won anyways right <laughs> but you know I'm, I'm sure they're not concerned but uh but it was a nice win for uh for the, for the home team but um, wagon wheel, wagon wheel, got a flat. Oh, <laughs> uh, the sprint, the the pelican was actually a, a pretty good race. Oh yeah, um, when uh, Sibelius broke on top and then got pressed pretty much every step by by Doctor Oscar. And nobody else. Nobody else kind of showed up. Though. No, they they, they kind of did a a sprinting Jaipar and and, and Rai Dan, and they were kind of like head and head though, pretty much the whole way. And then uh, Sibelius got got away from just a little bit at the end and uh, just missed the track record. Mm-hmm. But again, he he rode the inside, and you know, being on the lead was was definitely the uh, spot to be at Tampa on uh, on Saturday. Um, the Withers. Withers. The Withers was was run on a on a course that was <laughs> well. Let's say it was typically Aqueduct slow. Would that be a a, a good uh, explanation? You think? Yeah, that's a, that's that usually nails it. Yeah, that was uh, a race that that had. Uh, it seemed very, very top-heavy um, going in. Uh, Arctic Arrogance, who had been a close second, uh, her last, his last two starts, um, had run good figures, figured to be up close to the lead. Um, I kind of thought that he was going to let that horse of Chapman's, the, the impossible horse from post two, go. And just kind of be lapped on him instead of letting him force the issue every step, which he did. 
Um, but Hit Show got a perfect trip, um, <laughs> followed fast pace, and just was you know clearly better than the, than the rest of them. I don't I don't think Arctic Arrogance really wants to go a mile and an eighth. I didn't think I didn't think he did last. Uh, that time he ran a mile and an eighth, I thought he hung a little bit in that race against uh, um, the horse that, of Danny Gargans that bombed at Tampa on Saturday that we actually kind of skipped over, but um, he, he didn't run a step. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, his show ran good, and um, he certainly was, was clear, you know, clearly the best bred. Cox has indicated that he is... Uh, seemed to be leaning towards going back and, and racing in the wood, which you know makes a lot of sense. The next race in New York is the Gotham, which is is a one turn race, and it, it, at this point, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to turn him back to a, a one turn mile and then stretch back out for the wood. So, uh, even though you know he he does, he's not a heavily experienced horse, but these days on the Derby Trail, he he sort of is. <laughs> which is wild <laughs> you know being that you know he had a couple couple allowance races and uh you know broke his maiden first time out and uh you know, you know a relatively uh slow race but he's improved he's gotten better every start and that's kind of what you want to see and I, it doesn't look like stamina is going to be an issue for that horse um the thing with him is so many of these other horses on this year's derby trail is that we don't know that much about him <laughs> and that he really didn't have to overcome anything his last two races he got really good trips and th- and there's nothing wrong with that i mean you want your horses to get good trips but when you're talking about racing the kentucky derby v- almost no one gets good trips like most horses get get issues of some sort at some point in the race, whether it's oh, yeah. at the start, whether it be in the first turn, whether there's jostling, whether it's on the second turn, whether horses stop in your face, whether somebody swerves. I mean, it's just a very difficult race. And this is the same theme that we have every year. Uh, and as the horses, especially this year, in that a couple trainers that are, are light race advocates, um, seem to control a tremendous amount of the of the derby horses that are currently eligible because <laughs> that's the best way of putting it right <laughs> um and when one guy's got so many horses well he's going to try to keep them split up and you know Hitcho's going to race in the in the wood and i don't know who's going to be in there from new york because um cent- the central banker horse was third he really just kind of ran around there. And I think he's at his peak. Like he's that he's running like sixes on the thoroughbreds. All right. He came from 19s in July. So he's improved a great deal. And horses only have so much improvement in them in a short period of time. So he's probably hit his plateau. That's probably about as good as he can do. Um, That doesn't mean that he won't be in the wood. The woods, a big purse race. And, a horse with his style, if there's uh, a strong pace, can pick up the pieces, and there's certainly nothing wrong with running uh, third in a uh, what's it with seven hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand dollar race. Uh, and I believe he's owned by a guy who owns like 
like two horses. Right. Yeah. Uh, that small Coast, small outfit. Yeah, Seacoast. Um, Jimmy Ferraro trains for him. That's our guy. And we always root for Jimmy, but he he wasn't in the same time zone as as his show was at the end of the race. And you know, forget about the rest of them. I mean, I, I they're most of those other horses in the race look like sprinters. So I'm not even sure like what the wood is gonna how it's gonna shake out. I'm sure that Todd Fletcher will send something up for it because he seems like he's starting to get overloaded with horses. Um, the guy we just talked about, Safi Joseph, I'm sure he'll have something. He seems to have a lot of, of three-year-olds that have, uh, you know, two-turn bent. So he'll probably throw. So he ran Skippy Longstocking in there last year. Um, huh. But the, this is the, I mean, we're, we're going to get a lot of horses this year. A lot of horses in the Kentucky Derby with like four starts lifetime. Have we seen the Derby winner yet? Do you think? Yes. Okay. I don't think there's any first-time starters. How can you even make it? If you haven't raced yet, how can you even make it? That's true. You know, you got you got the the March, um, uh, the March. You know, the fifty pointers coming up. You know, within a couple of weeks. <laughs> so if you haven't started, you're not going to make them. Uh, so, so you have the April ones and, and you could qualify. <laughs> I mean, you could break your maiden here in the next uh, 30 days or so. And then, then if you were to do a, um, uh, a Taiba and, and win right. your point race, if you're first, even if you're second, you, you could probably make the field. Especially with Baffert horses this year eating up a lot of the points, uh, meaning that even though they're not earning them, that means someone else isn't earning them either. Right. So that that takes away from the total pool of points. So there's there's not as many horses that um, you know have are going to have the requisite number. But no, I, I think that the Derby winner has definitely run. It, it's almost crazy to think that. A horse could could not have run and and still make it, but but there's a million questions. I mean, I know that uh, there's a horse that I I had on my my top nine a couple of weeks back. Um, a horse named Croopy, Croopy, who started last year at Saratoga and and like dwelt and made a huge run, and he's done that a couple times now and he got beaten he's still a maiden but the thing i like about him and and i don't like the fact that he he, he's always slow to start and most horses like that are just horses that have a weakness behind some sort of physical weakness Mm -hmm. and they're just not able to get going as quick Um, maybe even the way he's built you know but I like the fact he's got races. He, he's he's raced them, and that's the thing that when you get these first-time-out winners, you, you see a lot of them, um, they don't run for a while, especially when they run fast numbers. They go to the shelf. <laughs> that's a bad sign. But this horse is running, he's running, he's running. And, yes, he hasn't won, but he's run good numbers. He's got beat by some good horses. And he, he might be the type of horses that, that because he's got uh, a good foundation of racing, 
even if he hasn't been racing his stake races, uh, he has entered in the Risen Star this weekend, which is a, a big field of 14. Um, but he's a horse I kind of like a little bit just because of the factor that, that he is going to have experience. And, and I don't like that a horse that, that really has um, kind of gives up a lot of ground the first quarter in the Derby <laughs> because I'm, you're almost assuredly going to be 17th, 18th, or 19th. But um, that, that he's he's gonna have you know plenty of races. So so that's my my rant on that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm I'm still surprised. That, you know, nothing's going on with the uh, the West Coast horses there. That they haven't been transferred out or any decision. Well, I guess nothing's going to happen until the judge rules in the injunction case. And now there's uh, another twist in that. And the the judge's husband represented the jockey club in in some sort of matter. And I I don't exactly know what the, um, the ethics are on recusing yourself from a federal judge's standpoint, I, I have no idea. I really have no idea like what would be considered kosher and not kosher. I, I don't know. But you would because, think that'd be hard to do in Kentucky, right? <laughs> well it's just the I, I guess I mean the jockey club it hasn't really made a secret of its this taste for Baffer. Mm. But when you hire a lawyer to do uh you know to represent you in a case it's not like you hired, um, you know, uh, it's not like they're your friend and they're, they're going to just, you know, take all your views. They're, they're, they're a, a vendor more or less, you know, not part of your organization because they're working for you. Um, and if the question is the legality of Churchill Downs ban on Baffer, I really don't see how the jockey club um, right, makes a is, difference. Is, is privy to that because they have nothing yeah. to do with Churchill Downs. Technically, they have nothing to do with the law, the federal law. I mean, the interpretation of the law should be uh, the thing, and 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 yes, uh, of course, bias and all that. But I, I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, if she should recuse herself, what ha- I don't know. I, I really don't know. But, um. It seems like they're just prolonging the inevitable. You know, it's funny because if this was the NFL or the uh, Major League Baseball or or another, you know, the NCAA, there'd be like 15 lawyers out there that that would give us a, you know, a quick overview. Well, this is what usually happens. In racing, like, nobody wants to talk. Everyone's afraid. You know, there's a million lawyers involved in racing, but I, I haven't seen one of them say, well, you know what, that judge... You know, she screwed up, or she should have done this, or you know what? It's 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 you know, it's really reaching. It's a it's a right. It's a hail mary. I I don't have any idea because you know, no one's really said at least no one has said anything that's been brought to my attention and I've seen on social media. Have you seen anything like that? No, not at all. Um. 
So, I mean, assuming that, that the injunction is not granted, because I think it would be a long shot for that to be granted. Um, you know, there becomes a, a big, huge question of points. Like, like, what now? And when you start to look through the Baffert horses, and uh, since the show aired last week, we found out that Newgate is is out uh, for a while because of an injury to his hock. So he's definitely off the derby trail. And uh, I don't know where he's going. I'm assuming that reinvested is going to be. What's that? What's his name? Was it reinvested? Mm. Reincarnated? Reincarnate. Reincarnate. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be up. He's going to run in the, the next uh, California prep. Um, but under whose name? I, I you know, what, which trainer? I don't know. I don't know. And Arabian Knight, of course, who worked today. Um, the guy, you know, who, who's it's a monster. I guess he would be considered the the favorite along with Forte uh, at this point. Um, the races for him on his schedule seem to be after the 28th of uh, of um, February, which is the, the cutoff date for the for the Derby horses to be transferred. That's we're, we're, today is the 13th as we're taping this, so so, uh, most people hear this on the 14th so two weeks right two from, weeks you know from then um i don't know how until that's all sorted out it, it really kind of makes everything difficult to figure cave rock just had his first work today um so he hasn't had a you know he's had one work at he went a half and 47 and change but it's hard to see him being ready even for this next round of preps. And one thing Bob Baffert doesn't do, or Bob Baffert or whoever is um, going to substitute for him, if that's actually what happens, I don't see him racing short horses. He just doesn't do it. His horses are ready to roll when he runs them. And he's won the Derby, what's, what, how many times? Seven? Seven. So... It's not like he's just going to run to run. You'd think that he's going to run horses in there that that actually he believes can win. Um, and I just don't know if K. I, I don't think K. Rock can get ten furlongs anyways. I mean, to me, he was always a horse that was going to be suspect getting the mile and a quarter. But I mean, time is ticking. Forte's been working. Um, the 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 Chad Brown horse who won the um, the Champagne. You know, he's been kind of slow to work. He's just got a couple of works. I don't know, man. I I, don't, I just don't see how. I get if your horse had, you know, plenty of races as a two-year-old, that you could figure you could make a, a two-race campaign into the Derby this year. But, I mean, Cave Rock almost looks like he, it's going to be a one a one uh, 
prep one prep deal if he does it because think about it there's less than 60 days you know it's not the day of the derby it's the preps preps right <clears throat> you got no points He's he's sitting on zero, so he's got to win. <laughs> he's got to win um, a fifty-point prep, or he's got to be one-two in, in a hundred-point prep. So are they going to give uh, points to them if they transfer out? Yeah, mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Taba got points last year because he was Brandon Tim Yakin's name. So, no, but say he he runs them in the prep, and then so he has to transfer them out by the end of the month for two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, two weeks okay. from tomorrow. So yeah, uh, well, yeah. When you start to look at it, there, there's just not a lot of time left. I was gonna say well, they gotta they gotta do something, and you know, waiting on the legal system might not be the thing. No, uh. I mean, again, I have no idea if this would be even a possibility, but I mean, the judge could say, you know what, you're going to screw me. Well, I'm not going to rule on it till after the 28th, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then leave everybody in the lurch and then, you know, the, on the 20th, denied. So, <laughs> I mean, it's usually not a good idea to pick fights with federal judges unless you're going to win. I mean, those aren't usually the people you want to get pissed off at you, but that's why it almost seems like a kind of a, a hail mary. But I, I just don't know. I mean, well, like you said, the time's taken away, though. Like how 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 long? Well, I mean, if the owners are going to stick with them, that I guess that's another possibility. Is that they're just like, well, we'll, we'll if they're not going to let you run, we'll, we'll stand with you and, and keep our horses with you. And we just get another Derby next year or the year after whatever. That very well could happen. I mean, it's possible, I guess. It because I would think they would be like, Hey, you know, what are we going to do? Well, the the next round of preps, the, you know, this week coming week is the, the risen star at fairgrounds. It's the only mm-hmm. prep. The week after is the Rebel at Oaklawn. Um, and Arabian Night is not racing in that. Baffert did, did say that. Uh, that's the 25th. So that would be, you know, before the, the, the cutoff. The cutoff. But again, Arabian Night has no points either. So he's another one. He, and of course, he would have to run one too. I, I don't think he would even run him if he didn't, if he didn't run good. But uh, the next race after. The Rebel on the 25th is uh, the following weekend. Uh, there's four. Um, the Fountain of Youth, the Gotham, the San Felipe, and Santa Anita, and uh, the, the John Battaglia at Turfway, which is only a 20-point race. And, you know, I don't see Baffert shipping there either. But, no. you know, after that, it's the Tampa Bay Derby. Tampa Bay Derby, yeah. Um, and then there's two weeks before there's a week where there is no prep. Then the following week is the UAE Derby, uh, Louisiana Derby, and um, the Jeff Ruby. 
Uh, and that weekend also is the uh, the Sunland Park race. But those are all, you know, post 228, so. Huh. It's just, it just seems like it's, maybe it's just the calm before the storm, you know. Because I haven't heard anybody really talk about it. Nothing really, you know, nothing doing, I guess. I think there's a little bit of fatigue about it at this point. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, people are tired of talking about it. Like, but he's got the best horse. If he's gonna be in, or he's not gonna be in. Yeah, yeah it, it, you know, it'd be really kind of. I mean, the man who owns the best horse is is a guy who's got, you know, a lawsuit against Churchill. He's got an axe to grind against him, anyways. Um. But what if, what if you were to like run into Santa Anita Derby and win by like ten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't need the Derby. We're gonna run the Preakness. <laughs> I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, everybody wants to win the Derby, but this might be the one case. <laughs> like, screw it. We'll... Speaking of uh, that. The uh, the Preakness, the uh, El Camino Real, the, mm. the uh, automatic race for the uh, for the Preakness was run this weekend, and some uh, Golden Gate horse won, and pretty much uh, <laughs> no one paid much, no one paid much attention, and um, uh, I don't really have much to say about that race. Did you even see the race? I did not. Did not see it. A local horse uh, closer. Looked like uh, Baffo was going to win that with Gilmore, but Gilmore <laughs> flattened out. Happy Gilmore didn't didn't quite uh, have it, but um, yeah, the El Camino Real is Romberg, my man Romberg. Yes, it was, it was his launching pad for skipping the Derby at one hundred and seventy four to one or whatever. I had him. In the future book, but he did win the Preakness. Romberg, we you 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 weren't along you weren't around long, Romberg, <laughs> but you did win the Preakness. Yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. This whole Derby thing is is kind of the preps have not been good. No. I mean, they just have not been strong races. The Sam Davis was not a good prep. The Real Camino Real one. Uh the Withers was a one horse race. The Lewis was not a was the Bafford Invitational. The winner is already off the trail. The Holy Bull was uh, Sundial Southwest is uh, a one horse race. The Lecomte was was made basically just uh, instant coffee. Kind of forget the rest. The Sham was was the Jerome wasn't great. The Smarty Jones wasn't great. I mean, there just haven't been anything. You know, there just hasn't been anything that happened on this Derby Trail that's been a compelling race outside of Arabian Night. Even that was in the mud. Mm. But um, yeah, it's it's been a dull, it's like very low key, dull kind of thing going on. Yeah, it's been very sketchy. <laughs> well, I mean, when you go back. To look at the horses who who were prominent in the fall. Um, Forte is is just making it back. 
but he, you know, had, he he was was given a planned rest. Forte started early in the year as well. He he, he started in what June, July, June. He was in yeah, yeah. I think he made his first start early. So, um, but the horse Loggins, who ran so well against Forte in the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland, he has not worked since. I was then. like, where's that one? <laughs> yeah, he is not. He's not been around. Um, I can't think of the horse's name. The one Sid picked to win the the, the champagne, the Chad Brown horse that came from the, off the pace. Uh, I remember Gulfport was in the race. Damon's Mound. Luck. Lu- oh no, oh, no. Damon's Ludington. No. Um, I can't believe my memory is so bad. Blazing Sevens. Yes. Yeah, but he, he's he's you know MIA. Um, he finished fourth in the juvenile, ran okay. I mean, he didn't run bad, but you know, Chad doesn't run his horses very much, and I think that's a big reason why he's he's not done great in the Derby. And I, I just think that you know it's difficult to to run horses that that um, just don't have much much you know foundation so i mean we none of those horses have have been have raced this year and don't seem like they're gonna <laughs> soon <laughs> no i mean i think that's part of the reason why the um you know why why the uh the trail has seemed kind of dull and that none of the good ones have rock. Cave Rock, you know, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't, you know, been been racing either. So take uh, two, three out of the four from the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and we'll be heading into March, and and none of them around. That's wild. Yeah. And there's no one really emerging. Um, the ones that have, I thought the, the the best race I saw this weekend for three-year-olds was the 10th race at Gulfstream on, on Saturday, which was a maiden special race uh, won by Arthur. And Richard's King's coat, the, uh, oh, yeah. the English guy. Hey, guy. Got a, got a win. Before he, he I guess he's he's taken off soon. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be here much longer. Um, but no, like you go through this this list of horses, uh, just looking at the future wager from this this week. There are some horses on that. Don't haven't workouts raised. <laughs> Banishing is a horse who was on there. That's a Brendan Walsh horse. He broke his maiden the day after Christmas at the fairgrounds. He hasn't raced. Blazing Sevens. Um, Blazing Sevens has three works, and two of them are three eighths and thirty eight. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of horses in. Uh, the risen star this weekend, I think. What was your fourteen? Yeah. So that'll be a kickoff for that. Um, Cyclone Mistruff, you know, he was 
he was an intriguing type for about a week. Now <laughs> he's gone. Um, Disarm. He was another big maiden winner at Saratoga who's been working well, but he hasn't run this year. Um, the winner of the Remsen, uh, Dubainel, he, uh, he bombed on the Sam Davis the other day. That was his first start of the year. Um, I mean, you see these other types like first defender who, who broke his maiden in January, uh, Ian Clover who broke his maiden in January, both trained, uh, well, one by Brad Cox, one by Steve Asmussen. I mean, I'm assuming that those will be direct stakes because again, we're running out of time. I mean, just looking through there and you're just not seeing a whole lot of, uh, <laughs> you're just not seeing a whole lot of, of contenders that, that have, uh, have raised. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Instant coffee is, he passed up the, the second step on the. Uh, so he's going Louisiana. straight to the Louisiana Derby, I guess. I suppose. Oh, he did run three times last fall. So these days, that qualifies as as a lot. <laughs> um, the second best three row race of the, the weekend, I thought, was was yesterday at Tampa in the six race, Kings Barnes. Oh yeah. Uncle Mo Colt, who, who won easy. Um, wasn't much else in the race, but uh, he did it properly. He looked good out of a tappet mare. Uh, hard to think that uh, he'll have much problem with the distance, unlike a lot of them. Uh, but, you know, here we are in uh, the second week of February, and he's got you know, two races. Uh, he's got no points either. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess somebody's going to have to get points, right? Yeah, you know, that was an interesting race yesterday from the standpoint of wagering at Kings Barnes race. Oh, yeah. That was, that was strange. It was a race where he was obviously a prohibitive favorite. And Todd Pletcher entered another horse in the race who drew post one, who um, who seemed to be in there to ensure that there was some pace, um, which didn't he didn't have to worry about because one of the uh, other outsiders in the race went, <laughs> went, on, a, <laughs> went on a mission. <laughs> Opened up on the backside, but um, you know, there's a horse in there, Tim Ham's horse, who was the second fastest horse in the figures, and kind of got overlooked and wound up running second, saved ground. Again, the ground inside was good at Tampa this weekend. Uh, kind of followed the winner, just wasn't in his class, and was an easy second, and then he exactly came back seventeen dollars. <laughs> And sometimes, like, 
I think people way over bet the, the other Pletcher horse who had run off one time in a maiden race at Goldstream and, and did win, but it was a very, very slow race. Um, you know, he was also stretching out for the first time around two turns and just got overplayed. And, you know, sometimes that happens in, in that you'll get value in a race because uh, everybody just trying to, to, to pound the one number. And the credentials of the, the, the big favorite were solid, very, very solid. But the credentials of the horse who was getting bet off the board to be second were not. Were not, yeah. You know, just connections. Just connections alone. And those are always ones, you know, always try to beat. If you have the faster horse and, and your price has tripled the price of, <laughs> of the slower horse that has you know, fancier connections, I mean, that's, that's kind of like... You know, the ideal situation. I mean, you know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. And I mean, what we really have to do these days, because uh, certain certain trainers, certain situations, they just get buried, and <laughs> you just can't bet them. You have to bet against them, or you have to find opportunities to bet against them. I mean, even the best trainers are still losing 65, 70% of the time. Oh, it was like that race at, at Tampa. I, I think I texted you while I was there. Um, I think Jose Ortiz was riding the 12 horse. And on paper, the horse didn't really look all that great anyway. Plus the 12 post, it was just bad favorite all the way around. And, and they... I, I think the horse went off nine to five for no reason and didn't even finish on the board. I don't think. Yeah, well, that's, that's what happens, but you'll see it now. And, uh, the players, the, 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 the put the, uh, the players, the, uh, the TV people will put the tickets in and, and they're always single in the three to five shots. They can't. They can't help themselves. <laughs> but if you can beat a three to five shot in that spot, it's just such a much better. It's such a better payoff than than you would normally ordinary market value would even lead you to be. And people just don't do it. They just bury the favorites. Yeah, it's crazy how they. I mean, look at Wonder Wheel. Right. I mean, one to five. I mean, in a in a, in a race where there was another talented horse, albeit yeah. one that has you know, some some of her own issues, and the trainers essentially saying before the race, "Yeah, we're we're not one hundred percent. We're not we're not really cranked up for this race." I mean, is she a likely winner? Yeah, she's a likely winner. But is she going to win seventy five out of that race seventy five times out of a hundred race? It's not ruffian. It's Wonderway. It's one. It's wagon wheel. <laughs> right, one to five was absurd. Yeah, it really was. Uh, the Fairgrounds looks like it has a pretty good card on on okay. Saturday. I, they draw so early these days. Um, that uh, 
It's, it's so it, that, that card was out, I believe. Uh, so, it was Sunday. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. So it's. Um, I think we had mentioned there's 14 in the. Uh, in the Risen Star. Which is going to lead, you know, it's going to lend itself to um, some bad trips. <laughs> that That's a narrow track. Um, uh, there's not a huge, there's a, a run to the first turn, but there's not a huge run to the first turn. It's a mile and an eighth race. But uh, it's, it's a little bit dicey, man. Can't win from out there. <laughs> It's it's a little bit dicey. Uh, it is a mile and an eighth as well. So um, the Withers was a mile and an eighth. That's something that that's new too. That that didn't used to happen. They didn't run mile and an eighth races until the last prep. Um. There's some, you know, there's some interesting horses in that race. Uh, the uh, the Risen Star. It's probably there's probably a bunch that in six months from now we won't be talking about anymore. Um, <laughs> but there there's some, you know, there's some pretty good horses. Uh, What's his name? Larry Ravelli's horse, who who ran well in the Comte. He drew outside again. Uh, my man Croupy's in there, still a maiden. But this will be his sixth race lifetime. Coming out party. He's got a race in August, September, October, November, and January. Now I'll have one in February. I mean, to me, if you have a horse that... that right, it's almost like a good thing he hasn't won yet. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have been in those races. And understandably, I mean, Sid said something to, today on a group text about how horses used to break their maiden. Right, and go some, right through conditions. Right, sometimes go through two conditions Yeah, before they would try stake races. And, he, and then when they would try a stake, it'd be a grade three. A grade, you know, they wouldn't jump right to grade one company, but... um. These days, that that's that doesn't happen. Um, it just uh, you know, horses go from from maidens right to stake races, and a lot of times, Hollands races don't fill. Yeah, you know, that's part of the problem. Some places they do. Churchill, they usually fill in the fall in Churchill. Oaklawn, uh, the races, the two turn races fill. Um, Everywhere else, it's pretty tough. It's it's really tough. New York, it's a little bit difficult now because the two-turn circumference is a mile and an eighth. So it's really hard to get a mile and an eighth allowance race to go on the dirt, period, especially in the wintertime. Um, a horse that people were, have been high on that, um, that really drew poorly and the risen star is victory formation who's uh, 3 for 3 who who did actually break his maiden um first time out and then won 
an allowance race at Churchill, going six furlongs, uh, stretched out to a mile at Oaklawn, which is two turns, and the Smarty Jones, and, and went wire to wire. Um, and he, he's got post 13. Ooh, which, which that's is rough. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a that's a tough, tough post. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if there was a scratch or two out of the race just because, well, A, it's a week out and, you know, things happen. Horses cough, they get sick, they get a foot bruise or something like that. Um, but but this is going to be a – there's a lot of tactical speed types and I think it's going to be a real scramble around that first turn to – to get position, but it's it's a bulky field, man. Which I'll be honest is probably good for for those horses if they're going to be talented enough to make it to the Derby. Having run in a fourteen horse field um, and been able to overcome issues is probably a, a, a beneficial thing for your horse. But uh, but I don't know. I, I mean, I looked at the race couple times and I really couldn't come up with a, a horse that I'm going to like circle and say hey this is the one we want to watch out of this race outside of my horse Kruppi but uh, but um, you know victory formations post is really really bad Uh, so what else about uh, about Tampa? How was uh, how was it being in front of the camera again? Good, felt good. You know, had a partner this time, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, every, everything went really, really well until the rain. But that was really short lived, and you know, gonna do it all again. Sierra, you see our man Beamy? I did. Looking slim and trim. Yeah, he's like a workout fiend now. Yeah. Looking good. Sounded good. Did a good job all day, as usual. Saw Richard Grunder, too. The great Richard Grunder. He's a, he's a good He's a good guy. Maybe. Yeah, he is. He really is. He's a nice guy. I know we made fun of him a lot because of his calls, but... He was a good dude. Oh, we should mention that uh, on the undercard at the fairgrounds this weekend is uh, Hoosier Philly. <laughs> three for three with three easy scores. She's uh, trying five others in the Rachel Alexandra. Five, huh? On a mile and a 16th. Six horse field, eh? Six horses. Chop, chop. She of the... Um, the favorite in the, the British Cup Juvenile Phillies on the dirt, who was nowhere. <laughs> Didn't get the best of rides that day. No, no. She was a terrible favorite. That, that, she was that, a bad favorite. That was really one of the craziest things to, that she would have done. That was a steam. You know, yeah. people were just going in the wrong direction. Yeah, but uh, she did run in the Silver Bowl a day. Um, couple weeks back and got beat 
finished second that day at four to five. Um, so second time, second time since the Breeders' Cup, she's in there. Pretty mischievous is in there. Who uh, who won the Untappable? Um, had been third in the Golden Rod behind Hoosier Philly before that. Uh, Pletcher ships in a uh, first-time Pletcher horse, uh, Miracle, who is a new and has been getting beaten in New York Stakes Company. She's always run good, but uh, she only won once. So she drew post six. Cherie has got Vahava, a gunrunner filly, who was third oh, yeah. in the nice. behind uh, Pretty Mischievous. And nice field. Knock your socks off for our, our guy Chris Block. Uh, knock your socks off has really done you know, little wrong. She started her career in a turf. She broke her maiden at Colonial. She ran fourth in a stake at Kentucky Downs. And she came back and ran second um, when they, in the Jessamine, when the riders just let the light go to the lead and go <laughs> ridiculously slow. Um, <laughs> You'll never forget that I'm one. Not. No, I'm still upset about that. And uh, if, you had, if you hadn't figured that out, uh, and then she was second, you know, closing. She she made up a lot of ground against uh, Hoosier Philly last time, though she didn't really threaten. Um, it's it's sort of a, a race that that doesn't have a whole lot of pace in it. Uh, the New York Red Philly on the outside led her last race at uh, Backwaduck. Uh, going uh, around the one-turn mile, finished second. Uh, she added blinkers last time. And I'm guessing Pretty Mischievous won't be too far behind. But uh, but Edgar Morales, who, who's who's a good rider. I mean, you watch like a ride, he's good. He just doesn't have a lot of experience um, in the, you know, the greatest stakes level. Mm. And there's always a lot of pressure when you're when when you're the horse that's got the the target on its back, and everybody's kind of you know looking for you to keep you on their hip or try to keep you inside. Um, so that that is one thing to to keep in mind with with that horse, uh, and that the jockey's you know a little bit inexperienced in these type of races, and uh, I don't know. I mean. She looks pretty formidable in here, but we'll have to see how. We'll have to see if the field sticks to you know how it stays, and we'll have to see if the track's playing too. So, uh, Roman Centurion, oh wow, makes his comeback at Oaklawn for Brad Cox, new trainer. He was uh, he was a horse from um. I actually think I, I had like a future book bet on him. Really? Yeah, and and twenty twenty one. I think I bet him the same day I bet uh Adina Spirit. Adina Spirit. <laughs> yeah. But he uh he hasn't run since May. He was second last time in May, uh in California, but new trainer and he's Stretching out to a mile. And he's got everybody's whipping boy on him. Joel Rosario. Man, that dude is ice cold. Joel has not had a stellar year. 
Man, he's super cold. Just like you were talking about, you know, when you see a, a trainer kind of cool off, you want to see him win some races before you partake. That's where mm-hmm. I'm at, Joel. Yeah, he's... that's my man, but he's just he like every every decision is the wrong decision. He's just in a in a terrible rut. Yeah, he's he's struggled a lot. He has definitely struggled. Um the Arkansas the Razorback is uh Saturday. B team special. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were team. Law professor shows up off of his score in the Queens County. It's my guy. I will say Mr. Atris is like Charlie Whittingham in Aqueduct, so I don't know if he's quite as good at Oaklawn. R-rated superstar. Always makes that late run. <laughs> Always shows up. Ten years old, man. 10 years old. This is there'll be a 67th start. It'll be his 24th start at Oakland. Alone. Uh, Ginobili. Who, uh, or is it Ginobili? Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he galloped in the, the fifth season, uh, early January. He's back. Um, trademark Ricky Oliver. Who, who won the Commonwealth off the turf last fall. Uh, that's his first start against older horses. Um, Wes Willpower, who finished second to Proxy in the Clark, the downgraded Clark. Uh, he, he, he won the, the Fayette at Keeneland before that easy. Last Samurai. Last Samurai seems like he's been around for like 15 years. It really does. Um, he was in the uh, the Pegasus World Cup. Finished fourth. Uh, Mark Glatt ships a, a horse in hero status. All fresh off of a allowance score at Santa Anita. W. Horse in Keystone Field for Maker. And uh, Caddo River, who's now with Wayne Lucas. Interesting. Baffert to Cox to Lucas. That is interesting. Mike Smith, Mike Smith chips in to ride hero status. West hmm. Willpower gets the anchor. I mean, uh, Rosario. Um. Jose Ortiz will be out in Oakland Saturday. Might be a quiet day at, uh, at Gulfstream. Tony Port, he's back. At Oakland? No, the fairgrounds. Fairgrounds. Yeah. Yep, he's he's back. I think when was last last race? Uh, the PA Derby. Uh, the mine shaft is uh, is Saturday on the undercard. It's race number ten. It's um, it's kind of a C team race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, the, the Razorbacks, the B team race, and this is the C team race. King Fury, he's in there. He has not had much success for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Wireless, who, who actually might have been best last time. Um, my terrible Kentucky Derby tout, Pioneer of the Nile. Oh, Pioneer, Pioneer Medina, not Pioneer of the Nile. He's back. He was second to Skippy Longstocking in the uh, Harlan's Holiday last time. Our, our guy, Neil Pesson, happy American. Um, won Louisiana last time. He's, he's probably got to be a, a big factor in here. Paul McGee, he's got one in. Sure, he's got uh, Farmington Road. The aforementioned Tony Ports. Yeah, it's, you know. A race hold the gold stretches out for, for the boss. hold the gold, yeah. He was uh third in the Malibu, uh, ran all right. I mean, he was, he was way out in the middle yeah. of the track, he was kind of he was running, running home. But you know, you, you look at his you look at his pedigree, and uh, he's been sprinting for forever. He's by mineshaft, he's out of a tap at mare, so. I mean, just on the face of it, he I'd stretch him out at least once. Yeah, I mean, he should be able to stretch out. Um, he's he's never never run the, the you know a distance race, so he might kind of be a he might be one to maybe you know most of the other horses are are just horses. I mean, they haven't really shown much of anything. At least this one is is trying something new and. I mean, Dallas has been has been uh, icy cold, but interesting, interesting. <sighs> well, you got anything else, my friend? No, no. You know, kind of had a good weekend, and hopefully, we get some excitement along this Derby Trail. That's that's really what I want to see some some fireworks. Somebody else run fast or something. Yeah, right. Uh, on. Really has, and the, and the preps just have been terrible. I mean, this weekend's preps. I mean, it, it's really difficult. I mean, you could you could say hit show because he has improved and he does have the pedigree that lends itself to think that the mile and a quarter will be in uh, in his his favor. Unlike most of them, but outside of that, I just don't see much impact of, of any of the races that were run last week or or this week. So, again, I, I think that uh, the, the the mod horse, the Arthur, I'm just going to call him Arthur after, <laughs> after the original Arthur, the drunk Dudley Moore. <laughs> Not Arthur Ardbrand. Yeah, that that was a good race, man, that, and that was a race where where horses. It was like an old time race. The, the the favorites went at each other, you know. Mm, There's three yeah. of them across the track going Throw down. Everywhere. Yeah, nobody was 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 taken back. Make one run. They were they were they were going. They went twenty two and twenty three, forty five and change. Um, so that that was that was quite a race, and I, I think that race is going to have more 
the Pletcher first timer in that race. Um, and forgive me for being retarded and not being able to remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm tired. But uh, that horse ran really well as well. I mean, he did not give in. But um, yeah, that 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 race kind of, you know, I'll circle that one before I circle anything with the with Derby points. They they should take the Derby points away from those other two races and give them to that race. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, Kingsbridge, you should get half the points from Litigate. <laughs> You know, originally I thought the idea of of um, derby points to the fourth and fifth horses was a good idea, but I'm questioning it now that uh, it was pointed out to me that um, two of the horses that earned derby points from the the Withers ran 49 and below buyer numbers. <laughs> oh my god! While while earning derby points, <laughs> which uh, unofficially, might be the slowest numbers ever uh, that ever earned Derby points. But uh, yeah, it's not that they'll be a factor. I mean, they earn like one and three points or something like that, one or two points. But still got them. They do have them. Could be by a country mile. They took the Applejack route. <laughs> Applejack. He look at look at all the points he earned last year. He earned enough points to get in the race. Yeah, so did Rich Strike. <laughs> yeah, Rich Strike did too. Sort of. Yeah, back the back door entrance. But you know, there's one thing that Rich Strike had, and I'm sure everyone's like right, enough about it. He did have a lot of races. He did have a foundation, and he did have experience. And I mean that the way he won and. and the margin of victory that that experience and that foundation certainly helped. And it wasn't even probably actually planned to go that way. They were just running him in the next race. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like he was really running good, but uh, I don't know. It, it, guys just don't seem to want to do it anymore. And uh, We're, we're going to get to the point where the entire field of uh, the, the top 10 horses Ability-wise, they're all going to have no points. Super lightly credentialed, and you know, one of them's going to win. Somebody's going to win. So, so, anyways, at least we didn't get traded last week, like every single person in the NBA did. Oh my god, it was wild. Oh, the, the, did you see the, the the tweet today? No. The the Time Lord, our guy. <laughs> Craig Mokowski was was in a tweet um, in the celebrity row seats at the Thunder's G League team because the coach of the team was sitting, the coach of the actual the NBA team, not the G League team, was sitting a couple rows behind behind him. Mm-hmm. The Time oh. Lord, he's he's got the run of the place, man. The right, guy, guy's in the Next. front row, celebrity. Connected. He's in celebrity row at the G League. I can't and, do that. And I think he's at the game as as we speak tonight. Guys hooked up, man. I need to be on that level. Yeah. Gotta move to Oklahoma. 
uh, that I cannot do. <laughs> That's a negative. <laughs> Will not. I'm available, Thunder. If you want me to move to Oklahoma and put uh, the Thin Towers on the Charles Simon diet program, put some weight <laughs> on them. Them skinny guys are seven foot one eighty. I, I can get them to two twenty five, man. Easy. I don't know how much more I can get them over that, but they can be 225 if they just follow the, <laughs> right. the Charles Simon diet program. <laughs> I'm guessing there's a lot of chicken wings. Chicken wings galore. No Brussels sprouts. Well, we'll throw them in there once in a while. Yeah. Just just so they have something green. <laughs> there's something green. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Pictures of the, the Time Lord right there. That seat at Madison Square Garden, it costs about 6000 bucks. Yeah, man. Time Lord is, you know, he's the VIP. Yeah. Uh, he's, a loyal, he's, he's a loyal Thunder fan. I mean, that's... That's rare. That's not the easiest thing to do. That's rare. That's like the Magic fans, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the magic. Uh, they traded Mo Mo Bamba. Yeah, because he had no he, he had no spot. <laughs> so he, far, his claim to fame in the NBA is he's got a, a song. song. Got a song named after him. <laughs> they were playing at the Super Bowl last night. How about the Super Bowl? They played on uh, Churchill Downs, chipped the turf course out for the Super Bowl. Can't believe they were using it. <laughs> man I don't know what happened but somewhere along the line in the last 12 months Americans lost don't know ability, how to grow grass lost the ability to grow grass the football stadiums stink <laughs> the racetracks grass stinks I don't know what happened but no that was that was wild that's like guys were slipping all over the place yeah it was pretty bad. And, then, and they did a big feature on it. They'd spent like, I don't know, a million bucks or something to make growing it special. This is what you got? Yeah. They're, 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 it's like an ice rink. Yeah. They had they had voodoo doctors coming out and blessing it. and They were rubbing sage on it and all this stuff. And it was it was like they were, it was like the NHL. These guys were like slipping all over the place. Unbelievable. I know Steve Bick is, is still in morning. I, I didn't talk. Yeah, to him. I didn't mess with him today. No, no, no. I I won the Eagles too. So I wanted my squares, man. Oh man, that was that was the worst. I had four seven with the Eagles with the four, and it was seven seven. And I said to Barry. <laughs> If the Eagles score a touchdown in the first play of the second half, I'm going to smash my phone. <laughs> and what happens? The freaking Eagles on the first play of the second quarter score a touchdown. And now it's 4-7. Eight seconds late. Oh, eight seconds late, man. Unreal. That's the second time that's happened to me. That's why I don't play those stupid pools because it always happens. The last time I played one of those pools, the same thing happened. <laughs> Though I'd have to feel bad for the guy that that uh, wh- whoever had um, the number would have been 
if the Chiefs had scored a touchdown when the guy kneeled on the one yard line. <laughs> <laughs> when Philadelphia was trying to let him score. Oh. I was thinking about that today. I said, how could you protect the guy from doing it? You know what you could do? You could before he, he put his knee down, you could pick him up and just carry him into the end zone. Right. I was I, I was trying to come up with a way that you could prevent them from doing that because you know obviously if they score the touchdown and they're up seven you get the ball back and you have a chance to tie it if if you know as it turns out they don't have any timeouts and they can just you know kneel on it and, and let the clock wind down and but uh, yeah that that was tough you <laughs> thought they were going in for the score and the guy kneels down <laughs> that's a tough beat. That's a tough beat. Uh, anyways, well, I thought you did a great job this weekend. I appreciate it. Saying that, yeah. I think uh, you're 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 doing better and better, and um, you know, experience is helping you. you yes, like, absolutely. You're, you're like a derby horse, right? You have better foundation. More races. That's right. Come on, Tampa. More races. We want to see Barry every Saturday. That works. Every Saturday. Well, no, you did. You did well, and uh, it's good to see you get a shot because uh, you know you're really good at it. And unlike a lot of people on the air, you uh, give good information and uh, no chalk zone. Yeah, that's what we do. Thank you. I appreciate that. We don't we don't chalk it up here. No, we don't no 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 we don't do that. Although I did. Well, I mean sometimes you you're you got no choice. Yeah. Sometimes the only chalk option the non chalk option you get are impossible horses. But it got me off the duck early. I, I had that first one. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the easiest one of all time. Well, that other horse actually, um, I was surprised went off at seven to two is Tita Mimosa, the Taiba, the half the Taiba. Yeah, yeah, it just got up. I, yeah, that 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 race got a little crazy, but you know, she was pretty fast. I don't know what the buyer came back, but I don't know. Not a bad run, first time out. No. No, being a half to she's always gonna be a half to time, no matter what. She's pretty fast, pretty quick. Yeah, the shed's open. They'll be breeding. The horse sex season is upon us. Right. Tomorrow. Right? Yeah. Yep, sir. They'll be They'll be doing the mating. Oh, and the book came out for the March sale, the OBS March. So, um, that'll be the first uh, big two-year-old sale. Sarge coming? Sarge will be there for sure. <laughs> for sure, they're not. They canceled the Gulfstream sale this year. No, uh, no two-year-old training sale at Gulfstream. March. And uh, OBS, April and OBS. I think Keeneland's having some sort of sale in, in April, though. Keeneland had a two-year-old sale for a while. But 
I think eventually what you're going to see is, is a lot more racing age sales. Yeah. I think that one of the things that if you wanted to restructure racing in a, in a way that um, involved less claiming races, you would have to have an outlet so that there could be horse trade between between people because a lot of there are a lot of owners that, that don't have um, well it's not their they don't favor buying young horses and, and wait waiting for them to develop that's not what they want to do they want action they want to be involved in the claiming game there's probably a lot more people involved in claiming horses than there are in, in the other way um, but that's how they acquire the horses through the claiming box and without having sales to the private market for racehorses is nuts. Um, it's just crazy. If a horse has got good form, people just want, because purses are good in so many tracks, uh, the, the, the sale market is very, very strong. If a horse can win a race at some tracks, if your horse is, is capable of winning a $20,000 race, they're probably running numbers that are almost good enough to win an allowance race. At, at some other tracks and with uh, places like Oaklawn and, and all the Kentucky tracks having inflated purses, those cheaper claimers are, are have, you know, a lot of value. You can make a lot of money. Um, you know, you put a $20,000 horse in a $50,000 purse race. Well, instead of selling them for 20 or 25, you put them in that race, you can win the purse and get the claims. You get your 20, 20 or 25 plus you get whatever your first. Um, so, you know, having sales or having some sort of sales or internet sales even would, because uh, the trotters, they have that uh, on gate. They have a lot of horses that sell through those internet sales where you put a bid in and then, um, you know, you keep basically bidding over a period of I don't think like eBay, right? It's like eBay. Yeah, 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 basically. Right. So uh yeah, that's that's an idea that I think whose time has come. Um and I'm not uh, I'm not a guy that's anti claiming races at all. But I think that the way the game has gotten so top heavy that you have to do things to mitigate against the bigger trainers because they're just killing you. They're killing everybody. They're killing the game itself. Uh, and there's bigger trainers at every level. And those at every level, they've gotten stronger and bigger. And, and they've been detrimental to the racing cards. There's more odds on horses. There's more horses being jammed. Um, you know, you get... It's bad enough we see odds on horses in maidens and allowance and stake races, but in claiming races, that's just not how the game is supposed to be played there. But guys that have a lot of horses are not afraid to run $30,000 horses for 10. And when the purses are good, it's actually a, a, a valid, feasible financial plan because you get the claim price, but you make enough in the purse to make the difference. And a lot of times, hey, they're not making a whole lot, but they're winning races. And that's that's what a lot of people just want to do. As long as they, they can win races, as long as they don't get killed, you know, as long as they don't lose 
eighty-five percent of their investment, right? They're they're okay with it. But horse racing is not known for its creativity, and uh, (laughs) it's it's, I don't harbor any real illusions that anyone will ever get to that point. I think uh, you know where they actually want to do something different, and it would be difficult for one track to do it. It would have, <clears throat> excuse me, or, or even one track company, um, because you, you, you know, look at a track company like uh, Stronic, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what they do in California and what they do, what they do in Maryland, with each other, the 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 over um, the the crossover of horses between those three tracks is minimal. It has to be an area where, uh, like the Mid Atlantic, where Laurel, Delaware. And Philly and Mammoth all took, you know, tried something different, but they'd have to do it together. And we can't even get tracks to, to run. Races. <laughs> Close to yeah, we can't even get them to, to, to not run the races at the same time. So, you know, to, to try to come up with a completely different style of uh, condition, uh, you know, conditions for horses. <sighs> I know, sounds like a pipe dream, but. It would work. <laughs> I guarantee you it would work. It, it'd create better races. And you wouldn't have the, 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 the chalk. But it's a little bit complicated. And like I said, it takes a lot of effort. Um, and there's just not much open-mindedness. And because you, you not only would have to convince the management, you'd have to convince the horsemen. <laughs> you know, and horsemen are sometimes... Uh, Oblivious to what would actually be in their best interests, but but anyways, we've rambled on enough. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see you next week. We all right. Well, say hello to everyone. Guard the sword, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>